Hi, I'm Cheryl Chickie. I'm Executive Director of In Our Backyard. Welcome to Defying Destiny. We are featuring episodes with survivor stories of sex trafficking and sexual exploitation and just walking through the healing journey. Today, I have the honor of sitting here with Lisa. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. We're glad you're here. Thank you. <laughs> so I've known you for, I think, at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. We've been through highs and lows of both being survivors of sex trafficking um, in different stories and in different parts of the nation, right? Yeah. Uh, but really coming together and, and healing together and being in community together and really just establishing family and friendship, I think. Um, so I am excited to just uh, have your voice be heard. Um, it's so powerful and you just have such grace and peace that you walk with. So I just want to enter with a little bit of curiosity of what was your beginning kind of like? What's your family history? Where were you when you were little? Um, my grandmother my grandmothers raised me, actually. Um, they took over when I was close to seven. So I was raised up in the church, and uh, I think it was a loving community. Um, I didn't get to see my mom very much as a child, um, but it was for good reason. Uh, I was coming to find that out later on in life. And it's such a unique uh, situation story for you, but it's not as unique as we think. We're hearing more and more stories of just the survival of what an adult might go through and how it affects the children. We're hearing, you know, sometimes exploitation is familial. It can be within relationships of parents. Um, how, how did that relationship look for you with you and your mom? For me and my mom, it wasn't really a relationship. Uh, my mom was a substance abuser. So a lot of her mistakes that impacted my life comes from her drug and alcohol abuse that she had to come to on her own a little before I got there. <laughs> it's, it affects everyone. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't see it as something to uh, bring her down with, but it just it clouded a lot of her judgment that would cause her to be something I guess people would see it as just a figure, a modeled figure, as a, a nice woman or a human being, I guess you can say. They're not able to maybe love you in a safe way? No, no, no. I was, I was beaten as a child by her um, for small things, like not eating. Like She just had a lot of anger, and it, it just came from drugs, probably. Um, I remember not eating something spicy. Um, and her idea of this is my chance to get to discipline because I've never been a mom, so now I get to be one. So what she thought being a mom was, was disciplining. And um, mm. she, I remember her saying, you're not going to waste food. You're not going to waste this food. Um, so, you know, she made me go outside and hold a gate. And then when I held the gate, she just like kind of beat me for it. It's like, you ain't, you're going to eat this food. I do not eat spicy food to this day. <laughs> I do not like it. I do not like it. It doesn't like me and I don't like it. Um, she just was like an older, she, she tend to be more of an older sister, like somebody that would pick on you 
and bother you. I remember not eating some of my food and wanting to save it till I was like all the way done because I don't know, it was massive. It was a massive fry on there and she'd just come up and grab it and take it with her. What's wrong with you? Um, so she just was a, a large child, I think. Um, and I guess her brain wasn't fully developed because of the drug she did. And that caused her to make a lot of mistakes, um, putting me into harm's way. Uh, when I finally did get with her, I think she thought it was, I don't know what she thought. I cannot tell you what she thought. Um, I can tell you what she wasn't thinking. Right. Uh, just that I was a child and I was precious and the things that I sh should have seen or not seen should have come different. And she yeah. didn't recognize that. And sometimes with, you know, for her and, you know, I don't know how to speak on, you know, for on her behalf, but in the certain moments of harm's way, it did turn into exploitation in, with you, right? And oh, not, yeah. not just her while she was trying to survive. Oh, no, no, definitely not. Um, I remember she used me as a ride to Texas, like so we could get a ride to Texas. Like, I was seven though. So she like used me so that um, we can get a ride to Texas. I remember that guy saying like, no, I don't want you, I want her. And she was like, that's okay. And she just made me go to sleep. And um, I just remember that. Yeah, so your s sexual abuse, pretty much, oh, yeah. was at the hands of yeah. whoever it was. But if they made an offer, it was supposed to be with her, your mom. Yeah. And then they would say, no, Yeah. you know, hand me your child. Because I was just with her. Yeah. And, that, and she thought it was, I guess it was an option. She wasn't smart enough to know that it's not an option. Right. So... That's hard stuff. Yeah. Um, I think in families it's hard to discuss where there are mistakes made and the cost on kids. So I just appreciate you going into that and sharing that because I know Definitely. some voices stay silent. You're so scared to say anything, maybe about a parent or a close family member because um, you can still feel a little bit of love and also accountability and oh, sometimes I still want her all day. right I still want her all day every day Tuesday right now right. give me a hug give me a hug give me more than a hug <laughs> but yeah that's not as I can't let myself go down something I can't put myself in that type of position yeah um she's still sick right you know she I think she's 10 years clean she's still sick yeah so where are you in this story what direction do you go um you know, I know your, it sounds like your grandmothers do step in, um, help take care of you. What's your, what are you looking for, you know, when you're later on in your teens or does exploitation stay in your story or do you, do you get away from it? I wish I was able to have gotten away from it and maybe, um, but it, I didn't, unfortunately. I think I was searching for my mother's love I was searching for just love in itself. Yeah. Um, and then being subjected to something like that so young, you seem to think certain things are what you deserve. So in my life, it just felt like if, you know, if I do, if I just stay in, that's what I deserve. Because mm. I received that at such a young age, that's what I was taught. That's how I was taught that that's, that's how life goes. That's how you should act. That's in order to get something 
you need to give something. And it's generally not like in a conversation or like, oh, may I have. I've never been able just to upfrontly ask someone for something. It's always a way to get something that I want. Yeah. Um, so, you yeah, know, um, I remember as a child, as a teen, I'm sorry, as a teen, uh, the whole thinking I deserve things. There was a situation where, um, just I was with some people, I'm, like now to brush it off, I want to be like, oh, I was with some friends. They were not my friends. They are not my friends. This guy barely even knew, like, I don't know his last name. I can't tell you his last name. I probably can't tell you his first name right now. I can't. Um, but I remember, you know, well, I want to do my own thing. And he invited his, all of his friends over. And I, I wasn't, I wanted to go home. I wanted to leave. I should have been at school, but I didn't. I couldn't because in my eyes, well, to get out of this situation, what was easier was to just let them do what they need so I can get out without being beat up or like abused. Because I know if I don't do what I'm told, then I'm gonna get abused. And there's a part of us that sometimes tries to almost reckon uh, with our abuse where if we can be in control of yeah. a situation, maybe it will make like our past abuse okay. Um, I know in my story I did that multiple times. It's like, yes, I was trafficked, I was exploited, you know, by an adult and a peer uh, who lived in my community. And then I, I grew up into my teens and I started to think like, well, if I could do this on my own, like I would take my power back. Okay. And I found out very quickly um, that the person I, you know, set up a time to meet, come see you, um, they were violent and I ran. And I realized this is never okay. Mm -hmm. um, you're never in control. This is an abusive situation. Um, and I know sometimes it's hard for families to hear that when you're dealing with someone who might have exploitation or abuse in their history is understanding, why would you do that? Like, wh like why didn't you learn your lesson? It almost feels like victim blaming, but we're searching for a circumstance that, that we can actually make sense of what happened to us. Um, because we all know you, you did not choose anything on that ride to Texas. You know, you were, you were chosen for someone else um, to, to abuse you. And our brains, man, processing that is, is it's, it's not able to be processed, right? It's diabolical. Yeah. Um, so as you share that, you're navigating, you know, what do I have control of? What am I here for, right? Um, it just seems almost unfair that, like, I felt like I was abused by the age of three. I didn't have a shot at life. Like, when I look back and hear other people's stories, they share different stories at the age of four, five, and six compared to my story. It's almost like you kind of question the universe to a higher power. Why, why create this, right? So how have you turned, like, all that stuff, right, um, that we've experienced and have peace, and even though it's hard, right? I don't think it ever becomes easy. What keeps you going? Um, humanity, because I was looking for the help. I was looking for humanity. I was looking for community. But sometimes you don't have to look for something that's already in you. I have to bring it to other people. 
there's some things that are not are going wrong with this world. It's, it's not easy. But if there's somebody there that can just teach you or show you or just bring something that's just not that easy to give anymore, just laughter and compassion and, like you said, grace. I know I have these things. Nobody taught me this. Nobody taught me this at all. They couldn't have. They were teaching me other things. Sometimes we don't receive grace, but we forget that we can give grace. Yeah. Like we have the power, right, um, to use those same things that weren't yeah. <laughs> given to us and, and use them. It's almost like reversing <laughs> what's been done yeah. to us and then extending instead grace to others. Yeah. I know you've done so much work dealing with the idea of what's fair yeah. in situations in your life. Um, I would say you're, you might not eat spicy food, but you can be spicy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you fight for your space on this earth. And it's led you to situations that were maybe intense, uh, but also it's what keeps you here, right? It's, it is kind of a fight. What's changed in you, you know, since, since those times where maybe you'd be a little more reactive, I would say, than being able to breathe it through and, and think toward the future? Definitely a lot of the work that we did with our workshops. It's helped me a lot. It's made me question things a lot because I'm like, my normal reaction is to be like this. But why, why, why do I want to do that? Why do I want to bring myself to that? Um, it's challenging. I will say that in the most uh, because it's so much easier to do my natural reaction. That is easy because it's what I know, like the back of my hand. Struggling? I got that. <laughs> None of you can struggle as good as I can. I can struggle, I got this. But sitting and listening and being patient and understanding the reasons why these happen, that is a challenge. And I'm not about easy. I'm not about once I conquer something, then what do you do, just sit there in it? No, you need to keep going and learn more. So I'm not about easy, I'm about fighting this thing. So. I'm not willing to sit and be like, I just know that I'm a very emotional person that tries to rationalize after. And most people think, oh, we're rational human beings. No, you're not. So now that I see that about myself, I want to try to rationalize with my emotions to come to a clear understanding on how to treat and act and respond to people. Um, because with those same actions that I have, I can still have them now, but now I can see people and what they look at when they see that, and I don't like that disgust. Still, it just brings you back to feeling less than in, and you don't fit in. You don't belong. Shouldn't be here. So I want to conquer that so people can understand me. Yeah, it's almost like learning's hard, but unlearning is harder. Ooh, yeah. Much. You, you are a master at unlearning, yeah. I think, old habits and creating change. And you and I both, there's moments where you, you want to lean on what you know. Mm-hmm. Um, staying curious, asking questions to your own self, 
really is difficult. We kind of want to side with ourselves. And I think the anger and resentment and rage and, and the hard emotions that stick with us due to really hard things in our past, yeah. um, especially for us at young, tender ages. Mm -hmm. um, it's exhausting to stay there. And I know for, for myself, I feel um, like I have energy to spend on good things when I'm not so stuck on what I think I should feel in the moment. Yeah. And really like preserving my energy. And I've seen you do the same. And man, we, we last so much longer when we're not in that survival stress mode all the time, looking for the next fire to put out, looking for the next emergency of helping someone else in a crisis, yeah. but really sitting still and being saying, how do I feel? What can I do today? you know, to help my journey and stay with peace. And you've been an ex excellent example. Thank you. Because I can tell you what you looked like before. A hurricane? A hurricane. <laughs> I tear up your whole house. Like, now I'm doing it. Right. Yeah. And hurricanes are okay. Just yeah, they're okay. Out, way out it's in the natural. water. Way out in the water. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not on land. I was going to say they're natural. natural <laughs> nature, natural, something. It's natural to me to tear this up. Yeah. Um, but then that the same way, what does the hurricane leave people looking around and feeling like after everybody all crying and holding their stuff? What do you mean? I'm the one hurt here, but y'all holding y'all kids. Well, okay. You know what? Let me just back up there. It's so true. It's really just our hurt, right? And it just kind of spills over and hurts others. Yeah. Accountability, man. It's a yeah. hard one. <laughs> Swallow that pill. Swallow that pill. <laughs> Yeah. So is there anything else that you want to share or you think that, you know, when you use your voice, people should hear about the actual story of what exploitation can look like? What it, of what I think it can look like? You, you don't know. You don't know. People are so well put together and the more you find out, the more people are changing. Um, being strong is not the best way. Being adaptable is. So I just tell people, don't worry about being strong. That's natural. Learn how to be adaptable so you can get out. So when you think of defined destiny in your story, what would you say kind of makes that true in your story, that you've defied destiny? I still can't talk without crying about it, but I'm able to speak about it. And I'm not holding it, so... I'm letting other people know, not for them, just the, the people that need to know. Yeah. The ones that need the encouragement. Not, I feel like, and it's funny because I feel like everybody is always, you can hear someone else's stories. Like, I'm, I'm saying this for someone else, but does, when you hear that story, does that, I don't know if that gave me the courage to speak up. That's not what it did. I, I don't know what it does. But I'm never going to stop speaking. Yeah, and that's crushing shame yeah it's crushing fear you're very embarrassed every day so embarrassed you're so embarrassed yeah i guess if people just if we're able to why am i embarrassed about something i didn't do right i didn't do this you did this to me right so i guess just to deal with the embarrassment 
Yeah. It, it is not fair, as you know. Yeah. It's not fair. It's not your fault. And you can be embarrassed, but it's not fair. Yeah. That you have to be that way. That's why people know it's not fair. People take so much from that word. I had to stop using it because I felt like nobody was listening to that word. If you don't get what that word is, that word is very important. Things aren't fair. They're not fair, but people just treat you like, oh, well, that's your problem. You didn't get to write the ride, or you didn't get to go to school here, or you didn't get to obtain these things, or you didn't get a normal childhood. That's your problem. But that's not fair. So just know that somebody else knows it's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. So as you get over being embarrassed and really step into saying, I'm going to share this, I'm going to do this, what are some ways that you're able to do it? Well, currently I am releasing my story through poetry. I'm writing a book and it's taking a long time to write it. <laughs> um, but that's how long it's taking um, the words to heal me. Um, I want to be able to say them and I want them to mean and touch the people that I'm talking to. Um, as well as I, I don't want it to be all bad. I want it to be a story where I am triumphing, so there will be the message there, but I, I wanted to come with laughter and curiosity and mystery, and I wanted to be a full-rounded book that somebody's like, I wanted to be on the best-selling books. You know, I want people to pick that up. You, you know Peace. No, you don't know that child book Peace with that little no. Little circle thing with half of it cut out and his mouth is cut out and there's like so many stories in it. I need to read where, it. And then there's where the sidewalk ends. The same. Okay. Shell Silverstein. You know. Thank you. Yes. No. <laughs> I love his work. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm a Jalisha Steen. I can see that. Lisa Steen? Yeah. <laughs> Lisa Steen. Ah! Marking it here right now. Lisa Steen. Wait till my book comes out. You watch out, Silverstein, mm. wherever you are. But it's a way of... You know, seeing your story. Yes. Like you said, I want to be able to tell it without crying. Yeah. What's I, it do when it's on paper? It's powerful. It's 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 a it's it's the book of Narnia. It like I said, it's a best-selling book. It's a book everybody wants to read. It's more than power. It's more than just oh, this is this is agony. This is this wow what? I want so many things to come from reading that book. I think that's why I'm taking so long to write it because I don't want to just write about the bad things that happen. That, that I feel like you can search anywhere and you can get that. I don't want it to be a horror book. Yeah. I want, I want it to be something people can laugh with. And I think, as I've been saying it now, there is some funny parts in it where people are like, ha ha ha. So and then they cry at the end. So I have a question. Yeah. What does writing do for Lisa, who is six or seven years old? It releases her soul. It allows her to cry, honestly. It allows her to go back into that feeling and understand it. I can sit back as a third person, and as I write it, I go through it, and as I read it out loud, that's when it really hurts. 
because I I can write in the words are here and then they go there, but then I have to read it back to myself to make sure it sounds correctly. That's when it, you know, it hits really hard. But for her, it's just it's her therapy too. Cause I'm not there anymore. I'm not. But that that's because I chose to close that off. And now instead of closing it, I can put it on paper and I can revisit it and just piece it together. Yeah. Instead right. of it's a, it's a lot of fragmented pieces. It's a puzzle that you got from the thrift store. They put all the pieces back. So writing for you is healing in itself. Yes, it's therapy. Very much therapy. Saying it. Saying it when I when I say my poem and everybody's just like and I'm able to act it out and and give them that theatrics within there, hanging on to those words. They're all like, wow, that's a lot. They can actually hear me. That's why I can't just say it in that, I need to make sure every part of it is spoke to a way everyone can hear. Remember when you told me about that mom thing? Be careful. So it was like, I need to say it so everybody can hear it. Yeah, some, some folks, don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear any mom, and it's not trash talk, but no. you know, moms in every story are beautiful. Yeah. And not everyone has that story. And, and we have seen challenges on, can we talk about our mothers, still love them, Yeah. but hold accountability and honesty in, in what was happening. Yeah. So you're breaking barriers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, give my little funny twist on it, and I do like that, yeah. I am speaking badly about moms. You're speaking truth. Yeah, but some people could see it as a target or they could feel embarrassed. Like, oh, I've done that, so now I'm embarrassed because yeah. look what that little girl felt. And that's who's most important, I believe, is knowing that the little girl in your story <laughs> is the story we're here to tell. And there should be no fear and no shame and no embarrassment. She's so because cute with those pigtails. Look at you now. <laughs> She's such a hot mess now. <laughs> Back then, she was so cute and so innocent and so open-minded. And, and just, I just want to bring her to the me, and I want them to meet together. I need, I wrote on my mirror recently, I just said, I need you two to, to, to connect. Because I say so many things in my head, and then I look in the mirror, and I'm like, who is that? doesn't match what I've been saying. Hmm. Yeah. I'm so strong, adaptable in my head, and I look in the mirror and there's somebody weak there. I don't want to be that. So I got to get those two to connect. My little strong girl, whoever this lady is. <laughs> I think we all can say that. <laughs> in my past, there's a strong little girl, and then whoever this is. Whoever this is. Well, your journey of finding peace with where you're at and that little girl story is always it's already an immense amount of healing and journey and i think as we hear from you it inspires us to start somewhere yeah. you gotta start somewhere and you have moved mountains and starting and you don't give up so thank you so thank you for being here ah thank you for having me thank you